0: we
1: We are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. And it is time for the M Go Blog Roundtable. Every Thursday, 9 o'clock, the crew of M Go Blog joins us. And this week, they were all right, and I was wrong.
2: I said Michigan
1: <laughs> will win both of those games last week. Yeah, they. My my boys from M Go Blog said, I, Sam, I'm, I don't see it. And
0: Brian, if you first, you were right, my man. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, Sam, be fair. I was, <laughs> you were very close to being right. I mean, they needed one more bucket in either of those games. And the thing about the season is if they had anything that made them a bucket better in every game this year. They would be 22 and nine and talking about a protected seat. So, you know, it's just it's just that year. As soon as as soon as the Terrence Shannon stuff unfolded, this team was cursed from the transfer gods, and they are Roth <laughs> at Michigan admissions.
1: <laughs> uh, but introduce the crew. So first, uh, Seth, how are you this morning?
3: I'm all right. I'm just going to piggyback on that. If you flipped a coin, because these games are all coin flips. This is the season where that coin just kind of like sits on that razor edge, and then always, always falls. Exactly whatever you didn't pick. That's, that's where it's at. So it's, I mean, pick. we predicted one win, one loss. I think you were the only one who said they win both of them. And I mean, you look at those games, they're both 50-50. So yeah, that's kind of how the season's gone, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Craig Ross, good morning. Well, in the morning, you know, I thought they would lose both games. Uh, and I was absolutely wrong. And you were absolutely right. In, uh, Sam in the big picture uh, because I just didn't think they had the defensive ability to go on the road and beat Illinois and Indiana and you were right they did have that ability and the truth is in the Purdue game or excuse me in the uh, Illinois game they're up seven points in the first overtime with a minute 20 or 25 something like that to go that's like a 95 to 97 win possibility uh and they somehow blew it. Uh well, I know how they blew it, but they blew it. And and then in the in the Indiana game, it's the same thing. They're up a dozen in the second half. They're up by double digits with nine thirty, I think, to go. That's an eighty-five percent win possibility and a loss. So in terms of predictions, uh you were right. And I was the wrongest of, of, of us because I did crazy not think
1: <laughs> crazy, crazy how you, you you were actually right in your prediction though. They were 0-2 in those games. And so let's get to let's get to the we know the why. Let's get to do we think they can take anything from those last two? Because they won three games in a row before that, seemingly because they had figured out how in crunch time to close games out. Now these were granted on the road, you know, games on the road against uh, tough opponents. But can you? Is there something you think they can grab from these last two experiences, the last five games as a whole, uh, and apply it in the in the tournament in a way that gives you confidence that they can do anything of significance, Brian?
0: Well, I mean, I think you have Hunter Dickinson sort of reemerging into a guy that he was the previous couple of years, so. He finishes the year with 23, 31, and 24 points. High usage, high efficiency. You know, he gets off 20 attempts against Illinois. That is a double overtime game. So there's a little bit of uh, wiggle there. But, you know, he's a guy who we've been kind of complaining about him all year. And now if you get, into Ken Palm data. It looks like his conference season this year is almost exactly the same as it was a year ago. Uh, He's a little bit regressed because his, uh, his uh, free throw shootings kind of come back and his usage isn't as high. But I I think that the usage thing is not about Hunter Dickinson. It's about the people around Hunter Dickinson because Michigan gets absolutely nothing from their four spot, nothing, not even like a little bit. They get nothing So it's really easy to double him in a way that it wasn't a year ago. and uh, But if you can get this Hunter Dickinson from the last three games in this tournament, then you're a lot closer to the team that you thought you were going to get early in the season. And, you know, Michigan was 67 in Kempom at the beginning of February. And even though they've lost these last two games, they played very tight games on the road. They're up to 39th, which is not where you wanted Michigan to be early in the season. But it is a team that is moving the right direction in terms of their performance, even though this whole late game bugaboo is going nowhere. Yeah, it's a,
1: a great point about the the fourth spot, and you know, not not uh, picking on on T Will, but it is clear that you know what they what what I thought they were going to get from that spot. He he just wasn't ready. To to do that, I found myself watching. I don't know if you guys felt this way, Seth or or Craig, but I was watching Race Thompson, thinking, man, that's what that's what you know they thought T. Will was gonna, or at least some you know facsimile of that.
3: Yeah, man.
1: Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a glue guy,
3: right? And every team's got those guys, those glue guys who come off the bench and and give you something, right? And you're not gonna get something from Race Thompson every game, but you're gonna get one of those guys. And just Michigan has not had anything like that. They have not had a race Thompson game from Terrence Williams all year. They're starting Will Shetter, and I don't want to like knock on Cheddar because like there's a reason he's out there. But the reason he's out there seems to be that no one else is willing to play as hard as he is in practice, and so they're putting him out there to start. And that that's a that's a that's a, a huge alarm for this team, right?
0: Well, Cheddar hasn't taken a two pointer in the last four games. And he's starting, and it's not just Race Thompson, right? So when Michigan plays Illinois, they bring Ty Rodgers off the bench, and Ty Rodgers can't shoot at all. He at all. Period, (laughs) and he goes six and nine from the floor with five offensive rebounds. Yeah, and that's the difference in the game. The difference in both of these Illinois and Indiana games is that the opposition have glue guys at the four who are productive, and Michigan gets absolutely nothing out of the spot. It's Nothing. a terrific point because uh, that was Ty Rodgers. I had to go look this up. It's like, man,
1: come on! It was his best game of the year. <laughs> it was his best game of the year. And you know, and you know, it's personal. Like, ah, oh, don't let Ty do this to you. <laughs> and he did. He 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 did. I got to give him credit. But yeah, that was that was a tough one to take, Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious. Do you you take anything from these these couple of games you're talking about them being a a better, somewhat better defensive team here in the last five games?
2: Well, they're definitely a better defensive team than they were earlier in the year. And, and major props to the coaches and the players because they're, I mean, it's really night and day what they look like defensively now versus what they look like at the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, Jet was clueless. Uh, and it was just wandering around the court half the time, whereas in the Illinois and Indiana games, I thought, okay, he's playing some competent defense. It started, I think way back in the Michigan state game. I think where you pointed out, Sam, you saw some glimmers and in these games, there were more than glimmers. I felt, yeah, he made some mistakes, but he was, he was a CC plus defender in these games. And, and Doug has gone, you know, had one blow by in the two games, but otherwise he was a pain in the neck for the, uh, you know, for both Indiana and Illinois on, 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 defense. He's what, uh, Phil said, Phil Martelli said he would become in his opinion, which is quote a pest on defense. And so I like that, but I don't think you can make too much about the wins and losses because these are just random. These are just random events. They're coin flips. You flip ten heads in a row, what's the chance of the eleventh? 50-50. And that's and so I don't think there's much that can be that that can be made of this. I know some people are gonna say that, well, bad teams lose close games. Well, I'm not a believer in that. It, I think that's that's been disproven. It, it has it's, been, it's, but
3: also I mean Kobe Bufkin mm-hmm. has not thrown a ball into Hunter Dickinson's back all season. And, oh, well, then, yeah. and the most crucial possession of the year. is yeah. that's how like they. I mean, that's a scramble.
0: Just- that's a scramble with like four seconds left. I don't really think you can even call that a possession. Yeah. So, but he, I mean, yeah, you make a free throw here, there, you play a little bit better defense and you don't actually go to overtime. So I, I, I don't yeah. think that, you know, the last two minutes of a basketball game is that different from the first 38. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think there are certain things in, in Michigan's column that make them not great in late game situations, but I, I think those are just spillovers from the fact that they're a very young team. They're 310th and D1 experience. They have a freshman point guard. They lost one of their guys that they were planning on relying on early in the season to an ACL tear and. I mean, you just see this stuff. Like, you, you can go to Purdue, and Purdue's a real good team, but they have the worst turnover rate in the Big Ten. Why? Because they don't have a point guard. And so the kind of smooth operation of an offense that you saw with a Xavier Simpson or a Derek Walton just isn't happening for Michigan right now, and there's a real obvious reason for that. So maybe they lack some poise, but the reason they lack poise is not because of some sort of overall problem with the program, it's because they have a very specific personnel deficiency.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with you again, nailed it, Brian, I I think in the last two minutes of the game, you know, aspects of the game are magnified. Pressure intensifies, right? Your ability to, to execute, um, plays your, your ability to be locked into, uh, you know, defensively being, being totally connected. All those things are the importance is magnified in, in the last two minutes. And in these last games, where I think we've seen great progress, is in in the clutch. They have really gotten better at we can get the ball to Hunter Dickinson. I mean, that was so evident in the uh, in the Illinois game. Indiana did a good job of once he caught it, defending it uh, late, but they could at least get him the ball in a way that they couldn't in the Indiana game here. What like a month ago, they could not get him the ball. Yeah, they've evolved there, but where I want to see them evolve further. To get to Seth's point, because you're right, Brian, it wasn't a possession when he throws it into his back. But in that moment, the deference that we saw from Kobe is like, man, I get it. Hunter's the guy. He's the best player. Phil talked about it yesterday. You got to force feed your guy. But I want that same energy on Kobe right now. As, As much as they've come up with ways to make sure Hunter gets touches in the last two minutes of the game, especially, I want that same energy. To make sure Kobe is getting, uh, being a decision maker, to me, a contested shot from Kobe is better than an open look from some of the other guys. I want more responsibility on him. Some of that is the coaches putting it on him and some of that is him for a seconds left. Man, I'm taking this, <laughs> right? Him having that mentality. I'm hoping that that's what we see in the tournament for however long they play.
2: I agree with that. I mean, Kobe, I mean, it was obviously a mistake. You know, the, the Michigan's chances at that point were fairly limited with, I think it was 4.1 seconds inbounding the ball. But I feel like that Kobe just should have hammered it to the basket, got as far as he could, as as quickly as he could, put some pressure on the referees. I mean, who knows? Maybe you get a call. Yeah, uh, you know, but the pass itself made no sense. But uh, let's face it. I mean, Kobe is has become a remarkably good player this year. Uh, he's what I think we hoped and thought he would become. Uh, I'm fearful. I'm looking at the backcourt for next year and think, wow, Doug and uh, and Kobe and throw in George Washington, who I like, as a guy who can take a couple minutes here and there and, and begin to learn the game. I like that rotation next and year. And Llewellyn. But – I mean, <laughs> well, if Llewellyn comes back, I don't know what the deal is there. Man, I'm
1: just not. I mean, this, this is just me. I'm curious. I, mm-hmm. I think we talked about this before. I'm bars higher for me in the portal. I mean, th- no disrespect intended, mm-hmm. but yeah, I man. am I am trying to find more athleticism and more shooting in, in the portal this year. And I don't think as as challenged mm-hmm. as Michigan as it is for Michigan, or as they are in going and grabbing guys from from the portal. I just think that on a yearly basis, there's going to be more talent. There's going to be more opportunity every year in the portal for the foreseeable future. We saw football take advantage of that, Brian. I'm hoping the same thing happens on the basketball end. It only matters though, or I guess it matters more if he can convince, he being Jawan can convince Jet, Kobe, and Hunter to all come back. That's when it matters more what you do in the portal. So I'm hoping they find themselves
0: in that position. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this season is part of a growing process, that's one thing, you know, like, cause next year they'll get incrementally better. Everybody's back. Then you're a pretty good team. Then you're probably a top 20 team. Um, but if this is another one and done treadmill yeah. kind of year, and then we're just going to be back here next year. And we got to stop getting these mediocre college players who the NBA is interested in. <laughs> like, let's let's face it. Jet Howard is a mediocre college player right now because he's very good offensively, and he's been mostly a disaster on defense. Next year, if Jet Howard is in college, he's going to be a very good college player. But I, we can't we can't keep going through the growing pains without actually experiencing the growth. And uh, you know, I, I think we've got a couple of guys in the in the pipeline right now, and Terrace and uh, and Doug McDaniel. Will be long-term good college players, and it's just about trying to find those pieces. Because I mean, the, what the number one t- problem with this team is is they only have four players. They got Doug, <laughs> they got Jet, they got Kobe, and they got Dickinson, and they got nobody else. There's not a single player on this team who can who can start in the Big Ten, and it's hard to 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 have that kind of setup because you know what has been the most common end. Of a really good possession this year is is you know the whoever's playing at the four bricking a three. Yeah, I mean, it was, look, you saw what Indiana did. They said, "Oh, hey,
1: <laughs> we're going. We yeah. are going to abandon. <laughs> we're going to make sure we double Hunter, Race Thompson, whoever whoever we got to send. We don't care who's who's open. They aren't leaving Kobe, but or Jet. But listen, that who's ever at the fourth spot, all right, forget that. <laughs> we don't care. We'll take the risk." Yep. And it, it turns out to be um, a good decision for them. Let's get into this matchup with Rutgers, fellas. Um, I know you guys have scouted it. Michigan, they went and handled them at the rack or, or Jersey Mike's or whatever they're calling it call now. It you can call, it, call it the rack. Call it the rack. So how do, we, how do we see this this game? We know Cliff Amari, he can be an athletic challenge for, for Hunter, but they struggle to score uh, often. So how do you see this one playing out today?
0: Well, so Jet didn't play in the first game, and Michigan kind of struggled on offense. They also put up probably their best defensive performance of the year, at least in terms of points per possession. So Jet needs to be able to do what Michigan did in that first game. And I think the most important thing is to limit Cam Spencer threes, because Cam Spencer's 6'4 transfer point guard, and a three from him is literally the only good shot that Rutgers gets because he is a 43% three-point shooter, and nobody else on the team can shoot at all for being close, from out.
3: Uh, Oscar outside. Palmquist is just a shooter
0: off the bench, but other than that, you Well, know. yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> but, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> we, the kind of guy we that lose, would leave, right? <laughs> uh,
0: but, like, yeah, Palmquist Palmquist has a total of 29 attempts from deep this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing is, is just know your personnel and don't let Omaruya get open dunks and you're going to win this game because this team cannot play offense. And they're a very good defensive team, but I don't know if they're a great matchup for Michigan because they really rely on preventing assists. And Michigan is kind of an ISO ball NBA offense-ish team this year, and they can always go dump it down to Dickinson and and kind of break up that uh, uh, defensive approach for Rutgers. So I don't think this is... A good matchup for them and I do expect Michigan to win today but not by one point
2: <laughs> Craig how do you see it uh, similarly I mean Brian uh, has called these games rock fights and I think that's right this will be a rock fight I mean Rutgers is a tremendous defensive team they're awful on offense and they can't shoot it at all and they have no clue as to what they're doing on offense at all um, but You know occasionally the ball goes in and so michigan just has to make sure a they don't turn it over and allow them the baskets they can make on runouts and b they get something that resembling reasonable shots and they pound it into hunter uh omarui isn't that good i mean he's good but he's not that good but they they need to pressure rutgers inside with hunter and and take good shots and not turn it over and they'll win because Rutgers is gonna shoot the ball, you know, once a year on pure randomness and that and with this team at least, and that's it. Uh so yeah, I see it the same. Michigan should win this.
1: Yeah, they, they yeah. He, he wants to tire him out. I mean, this dude is sprinting Oh, I mean, he be I remember in the last game, there were a couple of times where Mari's running down the floor, and Hunters pointing at him, and they're looking at his teammates and looking back at him like, that's your guy. <laughs> like, why, why, why are you pointing? talking about look at him. Mm-hmm. So Seth, how do you how do you see this playing out? Yeah, I,
3: Rutgers is kind of similar to Michigan. They have you know a couple players in and, and, and Marie Murray and Spencer, and then they have a couple of one dimensional guys and McConnell and McHey. And then they just don't have a four. Mawat um, Mag's been out uh, for most of the year, and since they lost that guy, uh, Dylan Burkhart pointed out that they're like a not even a top one hundred team since he's been out, and like he's a bench player, you don't expect that to make such a big difference. But Andre Hyatt is their four, and he's, you know, he's just, he's, he's Terrence Williams. He's just, uh you know, he's bricking everything, and he's just a, a muscular guy who's supposed to be getting them rebounds and isn't actually pulling down rebounds at that high of a rate. So they've got kind of the same issues as Michigan, except for they've gotten worse, whereas Michigan's gotten better. I think if we saw them in December, this is a game that Rutgers would have won. I think that the trajectories of this these teams um, points to a Michigan win.
1: All right, so then that leads us to an obvious question. How far does Michigan go in this tournament? And how far do they need to go to make the NCAA tournament, Brian? I mean, we've had my, my, my man, my brother from another mother over there is telling me, Sam, two games. Steve Clark, Sam,
0: probably two games, which means they would have to beat Purdue. What say you, Brian? I mean, I think Michigan has a problem because I think they're the easiest team in the country to leave out of the tournament because they did nothing in the non-conference schedule, nothing. And they also have a boat anchor loss to central Michigan. So you leave a bubble team like Michigan out of the tournament and everybody's like, Oh yeah, I understand that. That's completely, that's completely sensible. And I, I just don't necessarily think that that's going to, you know, make a huge difference. Um, like beating Purdue, I think puts Michigan on the bubble and then, then the committee is going to leave them out. Mm-hmm. That's just like, whew. Kind of how I think it's gonna work out.
1: <clears throat> so looking at some uh some information from people who, who do this kind of thing, got Michigan at number 73 in the next four out ahead of them. Wisconsin, Wisconsin just lost. You kind of think that would move them
0: yeah. Wisconsin Wisconsin is done. Yeah, they're, so they're
1: out. North Carolina is 71, Nevada 70 um and then arizona state 69 so michigan Mm. has some you know can can they move how far do they need to go well part of the
3: problem there is you just named three teams that have tiebreakers over michigan right (laughs) arizona state beat michigan head-to-head north carolina beat michigan head-to-head wisconsin beat michigan uh at home and then uh went to overtime so they probably have the head-to-head in that one too they're 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 done but,
0: Wisconsin is not making the tournament. We don't have I, to think And about I,
3: I, love it, but you know the way this year is gone, everything that I hate happens. So I'm, I'm not entirely counting them out. But yes, Wisconsin's probably gone. But that's the problem because Michigan is kind of right in the same line as Wisconsin. Wisconsin actually has non-conference wins. The hope, the hope here, is that some of these people have been watching basketball and we're very focused on wins and losses and you should be focused on wins and losses. And I would agree with them if they left Michigan out for that reason. I'm not sure because I just, I remember some crazy decisions in the past in the tournament where they explained themselves as look, this team came close so many times we're giving them credit because they're a much better team. You shouldn't do that. I think wins and losses should matter, but there's a possibility that the thought process is look, this team actually really should have won more games than they did a lot, they lost a lot of very close games to a lot of very good teams. They scheduled those very good teams. They played Virginia. They played North Carolina. They tried, and maybe that's enough to kind of wave away the boat anchor loss if, if they upset Purdue. Without that, I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, and that, know, that boat anchor loss, Craig, that, Seth, uh, that, yeah. that Brian talked about, that Central Michigan loss, uh, is, is why I've been so skeptical of Purdue being enough. I think I, I happen to agree with Brian there. I just, I think they got to get to Sunday.
2: Yeah. You see, I think if they beat uh, Rutgers and Purdue, they're in, uh, bec- they're going to be at that point in the top 32 or 33 in Ken Palm. And I don't think a top 32 team in Ken Palm has ever not be- made it into the tournament. And, and so it, to me, if if they have a Purdue win, uh, that does it. Now I'm not saying they're going to beat Purdue, right, I, right. you know. But I think if they beat Rutgers and Purdue, it, it's it's about a ninety percent chance they're in. If they lose to Purdue in a close game, I still think there's a chance.
0: No, um, you're, no, that's crazy. That's, no, it's not.
2: It's there's not there's, crazy. It's crazy. There's no way that a <laughs> well, let me ask you this question: Is Rutger, is a uh, Northwestern in the tournament? So there's
0: no yeah. way that in 18 yeah, and 15 in the tournament, yeah. Big Ten is team.
2: Northwestern in the tournament. Yeah, now, absolutely. And and Northwestern has no out of conference wins, none, and uh, they didn't play anybody. Uh, Northwestern's got a, a a number of blowout losses. Michigan beat them twice, and if and going back to Seth's point if if michigan finishes let's say they beat rutgers and lose close to purdue they'll have uh 15 losses 13 of them in the last minute of the game you know and and to me it's you know if they do look at the quality of wins and losses yeah but they they
0: they don't they then they shouldn't like michigan
2: no Uh, if it's just wins and losses you're right That's what
0: what it is. And then there's like a net factor, right? So like if you perform well enough, the net will sort of make up for your bad losses. But Michigan, if they beat Purdue and lose mm -hmm. in the semifinal, they're still 53rd in net. I I mean, yeah, they're 53rd in net. So they don't even have the kind of net where it's like, oh yeah, these guys Mm -hmm. uh, when the committee looks at the sheets, they're not going to see the Ken Palm ranking. Well, I guess it is technically on there. They,
2: no, they not, do look at they do look at Ken Palm. That's not going to be enough. And, and so, and it's hard for. I mean, plus it's when I'm looking at it. If I was looking at it, I would say which of these teams is better, Michigan or Northwestern, and that's that's not even close, really.
0: I mean, it is pretty close. Michigan's thirty-eight, thirty-nine in Ken Palm, and Northwestern's forty-four. So. Even if we're talking about a purely performance-based measure, like that's not completely crazy.
1: Well, here's uh, to to get specific on on Purdue. Not to say that they're going to win. I'm I'm not predicting a win over Purdue. But what's different about them in February is their freshman guards are playing like freshmen. They have not been nearly as consistent as they were earlier in the season. Meanwhile, Michigan, maybe the last game uh, notwithstanding, uh, you know, Doug has been a lot better, a different player. And Kobe says that last way. I mean, Kobe has been—he has been what we thought he was gonna be. He's been uh, too want good. him to be. Even, want <laughs> He's been him to too be. Good. He needs more. to be a notch worse <laughs> than he is, <laughs> right? We want him to be even more <laughs> aggressive, right? Be more demanding of the ball. This is this is what how you narrow the gap is your uh, freshman-ish. Because if fr- Kobe's at least a freshman age guy versus their freshman, that gap is not as wide as it was earlier in the year. I don't know if that'll be enough, but there's at least some hope there in addition to what you were saying, Craig, about them having more competency defensively. I you do have to give Jet some credit. He's not a total sieve defensively right. like he was early in the year or like Kobe was last year. This was I keep having to say to Michigan fans. I mean, yeah, you're your criticism of Jet is appropriate as a defender, but not hopelessness, because if if you were to apply that same measure to Kobe, you would have got rid of him after last year because he could not get he could not stay on the floor last year. And look at him now. He's obviously their best defensive player.
2: Yeah, I 100 yeah, percent agree the the with this. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah,
3: 100
2: percent agree. And it worries me about next year. I mean, uh, as as to what what's, what's going to happen to this team if you have no Hunter, no Jet, no Kobe. Well, you're starting all over, basically. Yeah. I mean, you got two guys to build around, but it's it's tough for Jawan and his and his yeah. coaching staff to to rebuild that one.
1: Yeah, and we got to get to a break. Biggest uh, recruits on the board for Jawan Howard right now: Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard,
2: Hunter Dickinson.
1: Those are your big time recruits that you gotta land for next year. We'll see if he can if he can do it. Jets an easy one, right? The other two are harder. We'll see how it goes. We got to get to a break back on the other side here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket.
3: You gotta recruit mom to get to get Jet back
2: here on the radio.
1: All right, so fellas, who do you have winning the Big Ten tournament? We can uh we can finish up the the basketball discussion here. Who do you have winning the Big Ten tournament?
0: Ohio State. <laughs> just to, Ohio State, just <laughs> just to cap this season, dude. It's
1: like a tale of two seasons. They were terrible, and then now all of a sudden, they're started to play competent again. Like they, you know, they were decent earlier in the year. They were ranked earlier in the year, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. How about Maryland? Uh,
3: How about? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they, Maryland's been playing well. They progressed over the course of the season. They they can hit shots. They got athleticism to kind of beat Purdue. I.
1: I see that. I'm. Picking, I'm gonna pick. I can't believe I'm gonna.
3: Can do you guys this.
0: name one team that's in the field that you have confidence can win three games in three days or four games in four days? Like no, no. Problem. like not no problem. but You know what I mean? Like no. That
2: this is. Has there ever been a more wide open Big Ten yeah. tournament? No, I agree with you, Ira. I don't see it. I'm picking Michigan. I think they're gonna win the tournament.
0: I need to get plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> You know what?
1: I I cannot believe that I'm saying this. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Michigan. I'm not going to oh, say okay. Michigan. Are you going to say Michigan a State say, or
3: something? What did you do? I'm going to say uh,
1: Iowa. I think Iowa. Oh, Iowa, you're a Brian Cook. Uh,
2: <laughs> no. No, <laughs> that's even dumber than one of my takes.
3: <laughs> you this know, is I the know year. They- this is the year, Brian. I was going to do it.
1: I been yeah, I mean, to it. You know, it's it's one of those things where I, I it's hard for me to pick a, a Fran McCaffrey team because they play no defense. But in this year, I just feel like with with the amount of firepower they have on the perimeter and the, some of the games that we've seen them pull here of late, I think that they're gonna get it done with Purdue. I mean with uh with Iowa. They they go cold Purdue. one
3: yeah. night. You're going to have them go hot three nights in a row yeah. in a, in a four, in a, in a weird building. Yeah.
2: yeah. They won it last year. Yeah, I, I I don't think so, but I, we'll see. You were right last week. Michigan won both games. They should have won both games, man. <laughs> won both games.
1: They should have won both games.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? uh, uh, if, if, if if so here's the, here's the bad part. If, if Michigan does what you say they're going to do, Craig, that means Kobe has been unbelievable. And if Kobe has been unbelievable, well, that doesn't necessarily play into. Yeah, um, I hear, it. I know being back know. next year. I think I mentioned this. I uh, was it on this show, but I got a Big Ten coach hit me earlier this week. I got to pull up his his text. Not a Michigan coach from another Big Ten team, and uh-huh. he was talking about he was talking about Kobe. And he said, he said, Sam, just for information, NBA folks love Buffkin. Wouldn't surprise me if he's given a first round grade in Bolts. And I said, okay, because, you know, you always wonder, are they just wishing Kobe away? I said, well, it wouldn't surprise me either, but he could come back and be a lottery pick. He's a young sophomore, Jets older. Kobe could make a huge jump if he returns. He said, yeah, but the NBA loves him because he's young for his class. If you're a first rounder coming back to be a mid to late lotto financially makes no sense. Getting to the second contract sooner is 10 times The values. and I told
0: you, Sam. The Athletic just updated their NBA Top 100 Big Board, and Kobe is Jets 20. Kobe's 24, and Hunter's actually on it. He's at 83, Mm -hmm. which is progress
1: for him. Yeah, yeah. Back in about 30 seconds, guys. But see, I'm just like if if you're if you're Kobe, man, the the chance to hone your game, get some nil, and be a definite lottery pick.
3: so, oh, Michigan night Jeez, at the man. Pistons is this weekend, and uh, we're going to do a little Q&A with Livers and Beeline afterwards. So, I'm I'm going to ask them how much Jaden Ivey is happy that he came back to school for another year. That's, that's your comp right there, right?
1: Is that well, Saturday? Is it Michigan night Saturday? Yeah. Okay, man, I'm going to that game. I didn't know that was Michigan night. All
2: right, guys. All up get your, up your head.
1: <laughs> and back on radio in five, four, three. Hey, John B line, I'm coming to the game Saturday, man. I guess I could always call him and say that, but I know he listens. So I'm coming to the game. <laughs> and I just heard it was Michigan night. So <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug, and request the John B line. Uh anyway, back for part two of the MGO blog roundtable. Uh we I, I ask you for your picks. Uh, is I think picking the Big Ten tournament this year is throwing a dart at the board if you aren't picking. Unless you think Purdue is just going through a you know a phase uh, and they're going to shake out of it and look like the number one team in the country they were earlier in the year. Anyone else, I think it's, you guys talk about the randomness uh, that we've seen this year. I feel like that you could pick any of these. And Michigan State could win it. Uh, I, I said Iowa. You said who, Seth? Who you have winning it? You Maryland. Said Maryland? I went with Maryland. Maryland, yeah. <laughs> All right. Who you have, Craig? Michigan. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have Michigan.
0: Great. And then... Brian, you're
1: picking who? Oh,
0: uh, I mean, if I got to pick, I'm going to pick Purdue because they have Edie. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're right mm-hmm. that they're scuffling a bit.
1: Yeah. So, all right. What about Michigan hockey? So, Ohio State, <sighs> you know, I mean, they, they've had some success against this team. So, how do you handicap this upcoming affair,
0: Mr. Cook? Uh, I mean, I think Michigan's going to get their ass handed to them. Like wow. for what for whatever reason, this Ohio State team has absolutely dominated Michigan in almost every game they've played. Like I saw them play the worst game I have ever seen Michigan hockey play earlier this year, when shots were thirty five to seven, and they fixed it a little bit the next night. But then they come into this the the recent weekend, and Ohio State really deserved to win both those games. And I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, they have a very aggressive forecheck, and Michigan has had a really hard time getting organized breakouts against them. And I'm sure that, you know, Narado has been working really hard to, to, to fix it, but the I just can't see them turning around that fast because, you know, I mean, Dobish is really good. They have some talent on that team. They're going to the tournament. They deserve to go to the tournament. They're a very good hockey team. And for whatever reason, they have Michigan's number in a way that's not like, okay, we scored a goal here or there. It's like a total tilt of the ice. And maybe Michigan is able to fix that I, I just, it's hard for me to shake the feeling I watched, I had when I was watching this team play Ohio State earlier in the year.
2: Mm. Yeah. The, uh, the thing about Ohio State and is particularly in relation to Michigan is that Ohio State's better in goal because Dopish is an elite goaltender. And I'm not sure that's where Pertillo's at right now. And, uh, they're the number, I mean, they're at 89.3% on the, on the penalty kill. It's one of the best penalty kill teams in in college hockey ever, Uh, and and so they really play play that well. They've got a a couple of nice scores. Stephen Holiday, in particular, is a nice scorer for them. Um, But I think we're going to win. I think we're as that all that said. I think we're going to win this game. Uh, I've been Michigan hockey has been frustrating this year, and I don't quite understand it. Uh, I keep trying to figure out why we're the number one penalized team in the country. Uh, And maybe in the end, it's just a lack of discipline by Michigan. That's the biggest factor. I don't, I don't know, but we're, for example, we're averaging 18 penalty minutes a game, Minnesota seven uh, Penn state eight. And then there's a bunch in like in the 10, 11, 12, 13 range. But the difference between 18 and seven and eight is that's, just massive.
3: Michigan's and, a little undisciplined. And, they're they're undisciplined, but yeah. they're not they have not had a fair whistle this year. I don't think anyone can yeah. could claim with a straight face that Michigan's gotten a fair whistle. I think that Fantilli mm-hmm. takes some penalties that he shouldn't take. You know, if is taking penalties, you know, that's that's part of his game. That's kind of how he plays. Mm-hmm. And they've just gotten gigged on the reviews so many times this year.
1: Why is Fe- Ira was talking about this earlier uh this mm-hmm. morning. Why is Fantilli not the player of the year?
0: I have no he's idea. Finalist, not even a finalist. I mean, he's I'd not a Hobie Baker finalist. No, no he's, he's not a player finalist. I mean, all I can say is that Jimmy Vesey won the Hobie over Kyle Connor, and Kyle Connor had thirty more points than that guy. So, whatever it is, it's just Michigan gets boned on the on the awards for whatever reason.
2: <laughs> I mean, for point There's of no, reference, Fantilli is the leading scorer in the country, and yeah. he is. One, I think, one point eight one points per game, and number two is like you know one point five or okay. College
3: yeah, hockey has some mm, old ness to those to those kinds of things. There's,
0: the there's it, it can't possibly be justified, and that's college hockey. We're going to play a, a region or Midwest regional in Philadelphia basically this year for the fourth right. straight year. Mm. So, yeah. mm.
2: so isn't I want- this on Michigan to some extent because Michigan isn't bidding?
0: Well, these, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, if yeah. Michigan should be bidding in Toledo every year, absolutely, every absolutely. single year they should be bidding in Toledo. And for yes. Ward Manual to let this happen, I mean, Allentown, Pennsylvania is near nothing. Like, uh, you, you gotta you gotta try at least.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Last time I checked, Philadelphia is not in the Midwest. Yeah. And 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 we don't have any of. Uh, midwest presence and college hockey is largely a midwestern game
0: well there's you know i mean there's seven teams in michigan and there's a, a few more in ohio and yeah. there's been i think one regional in the past decade that has been anywhere near any of those teams
3: they created this yeah, yeah. specifically because of michigan's region well
0: but at, at some point it is on michigan mm-hmm. because at some yeah. point if you're bidding in toledo every year they are going to give you regionals in toledo that's Mm -hmm. a great rink and it's close to a bunch of teams and it's it's it makes sense but if there's some sort of cost that michigan doesn't want to bear you gotta you gotta be kidding me how much are you paying your assistant rowing coach (laughs) like you gotta do something for the fans but you know what has ward manual ever done for any michigan fan?
1: so wait i i i don't understand how it how it works so Um, you
0: as a as a as an institution you mm -hmm. submit a bid you're like we want to host the regional at this at this right. arena, and Penn State has been hosting in Allentown, which is not anywhere near Penn State for four straight years, and it's ridiculous because it, that that is nowhere near any of these programs. And Michigan, they bid at Yoast in the mid '90s. And Michigan won both those regionals, and the the entirety of college hockey freaked out about how it wasn't fair. And so, no, now you can no longer bid a home arena, so you have to bid somewhere else. And can you bid bid Little Caesars if you wanted to? You could bid LCA if you wanted to. Usually, they don't want NHL rinks unless it's in St. Louis for whatever reason. (laughs) So they usually want smaller rinks because you know you're not going to get twenty thousand people at these. Events, if it's in Allentown, you're not going to get two thousand people. But the but
2: if you're in Toledo, they're going to fill the place yeah, up.
0: Yeah, but Toledo has an ECHL team, and Toledo fills that right. building for their ECHL yeah, team. Yeah, that's what I mean. And it's like 12,000, So it's you know. So why wouldn't
1: I mean why why wouldn't Ohio State
0: bid? I mean, they not? You know. I just don't think Ohio State cares. Okay, like Ohio State as an athletic as uh, an athletic department doesn't care about hockey, and you can just. Tell, I mean, they play in this cavernous basketball arena that has zero attendance, except for when Michigan comes in. So I just think, you know, that is not their priority, and it shows. Um, Minnesota is a totally different ball game. And why is Minnesota, why is Michigan treating their hockey program like Ohio State treats their hockey program, instead of how Minnesota treats their hockey program?
1: And so, yeah. uh, speaking of which, does so how is Penn State with Minnesota treating their hockey program uh, on that level? How is Penn State winning these bids all the time?
0: Well, a lot of times it's just because nobody else is bidding. Like the, the the only reason that Allentown has gotten all these regionals is that nobody else wants to bid because it costs money, because you're not going to make the money that it costs to bid back. Mm-hmm. But Michigan has one of the richest depart- athletic departments in America, and having a regional in Toledo that you're hosting, which means you, you're guaranteed to go there, you are guaranteed to be in that regional materially impacts whether Michigan wins a national championship in hockey. So if you're talking about how much money it costs, that's a joke. So it's, it's a joke that Michigan has not been bidding in Toledo every year for regionals. It's a joke.
2: You know, the, the other thing for me is college hockey is not such a big deal so that there's, to me, there's no reason why you can't have home arena games in hockey. Uh, it's not like NCAA basketball where people are going to travel and go and and so if Minnesota or Ohio State has a year where they deserve the home arena ice, well, give them the home arena ice. I don't care. I'll say fine because I have to say the best two college events I've ever been to have been have been uh, NCAA ga- NCAA sequences of games here in Ann Arbor. Those things were unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it it would be a a reward for actually performing well during the season. Like one seed should host if at all possible. We do this in almost every other sport.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about on the women's side, they seem to get it right. I mean, you could, you got softball, uh, big tens on softball Michigan on uh, 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 a member campuses. And then in the tournament, I like how the the top 16 seeds get the host. Yeah.
2: Right. that makes sense to me. It makes sense, doesn't it? Baseball, it is a college game.
0: last year, right? Yeah, ba- mm-hmm. baseball does it like soccer does it. Like every single sport except college hockey is like, well, we need to have some of these at home home arenas because then we get attendance. And college mm-hmm. hockey, I, I, it's the worst run sport in America. The officiating is insane, the tournament is insane, like and I, I I cannot believe that we're in this spot, but it, every year this is what happens, and it doesn't really seem to matter to anybody that Michigan and well Penn State is going to play in a building with 500 people in it, and you can't you can't make that a TV sport because people are going to flick on the TV and they're like nobody's here. I don't care about this. I'm gonna what, turn about, it off.
1: what about at the at the at the conference level? So no one in the Big Ten office. Feels like there it. is this, nobody this in the Big looks, Ten office right now. This looks ridiculous. I, I hear you. <laughs> you got yeah, to have a commissioner at but, the moment. But before, but before, rewind the tape a
3: year. They don't care about. You know, you look at this three look years. At, in look at the production that. value on Big Ten Network or, or on BTN Plus when they, whenever that game, whenever they have a hockey game that is not broadcast on BTN itself, the production value has been horrible. And like they've so, slowly gotten better, but most of the time it's just a radio feed of like student radio on top of a camera that just pans back and forth from way up high and that's it
0: well a camera that is run by a drunken orangutan yes like (laughs) half the time (laughs) the puck isn't even on the screen like
2: it's yeah i mean college hockey college hockey is one of the most exciting sports there is uh, at the collegiate level it's fun it's exciting and it's been completely ruined by the ncaa Completely well,
0: it's not. Ruined. It's not the NCAA. One one weird thing about college hockey is, in football and basketball, you have these yeah. Power Five conferences, yeah. and they have autonomy and they run things. And mm-hmm. what happens is, is they're doing. In college hockey, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Minnesota are not running college hockey. Northwestern, RIT, and UMass yeah. Lowell are running college hockey. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because there's about ten schools that you can consider power of schools and they are constantly outvoted by people like union who gets to win a national championship because of a a very bad (laughs) i almost swore a very bad tournament format where i mean they're never winning a national championship if it's best two out of three at a home ring but this format allows patently unworthy teams to win the national championship on a frequent basis which is a feature not a bug
2: that's, in in yeah. my second book, I wrote about the, what I called the greatest night in sports that I ever witnessed, and it was the doubleheader hockey game between Ohio State and MSU, and then Michigan and North Dakota. Mm-hmm. It was like nothing I ever saw. The most exciting combine, doubleheader ever at Yost, and it, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever see anything that good again. Uh, and yet it's been completely ruined by whoever is in charge of, of college hockey, so that, that sort of environment.
0: You got it started, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna have,
1: We'll talk about Portillo next week. I don't of- <laughs> <laughs> we'll about Portillo, but we'll get to that next week. We got to get out of here. See you tomorrow on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The Ticket, the official voice the University of Michigan Sports, Ann Arbor, Accumulus Station.